is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lord, we thank you for again allowing us to come before you this evening. And Lord, this evening I'd like to speak to you about the tribe of Ishikar. Lord, this is a very special tribe to me. Dear Lord, it has a lot of history in my life. And dear Lord, I, I consider this often what you've enabled to be done. But Lord, I'd like to speak on this one because it's, it's a very important one for this time. Ishikar was the fifth son of Leah first wife of um, Jacob. And also, Ishikar was the ninth overall son of Jacob. But he was also considered that right before Ishikar, <clears throat> Leah had given her maidservant um, to, um, to um, Zilpah, uh, to Jacob. And she had two children. He had two children, two sons by Gad and Asher, by Zilpah. But that is why it makes this one so special. Because this is the ninth son of Jacob. Nine means completion. Nine means finality. Nine means reward. It's the payment of the wages because everything is finished. And that's what she writes here. But I think it's very interesting that when it comes to her side of the thing, because she gave Zilpah to Jacob, Ishikar is not only the ninth son of Jacob and the fifth son of Leah, but he's basically the seventh son of Leah and Zilpah together, you know, her maidservant and her. So she's responsible for seven sons. She's actually responsible uh, for eight, as you know, because she had Zebulun later after this. <clears throat> but this is what she says makes so much sense when you understand this. And when you think about the might of what this really means, he is tied to the number nine completion. He's tied to the, the number five, which is the might of God. He's tied to the number seven, which is the rest, the spirit of God and the remembrance of all things that have been passed so that he can look at the things of the future to completion. You cannot understand the ending if you can't understand the beginning. You have to know it from beginning to end to be able to understand the Lord and so forth. And Nishikar was given the blessing of knowing the times, but not only knowing the times, but knowing what to do. So it's a very important blessing that is going to be spoken by Jacob and by Moses over this tribe. It's very important for this time. So you see all this blended in to Ishikar. And Ishikar, the name means man of hire. What, what that means is man of recompense or man of reward. The man of wages. 
In other words, he gets paid. This is when everybody gets paid for the work that's been done in the past. There's a famous saying, you, you don't break the rock by the first hammer, the first stroke of the hammer. It's the combination of breaking them over time. And that last stroke breaks it. Well, this opens up. This is like Ishikar has these keys that open up the knowledge of God. Opens up understanding. Opens up, tells them what to do. This is a very important blessing. Of all the blessings, this is a really critical part. It's one of the most critical parts for all the people to be like brothers to this, accept it as brothers to the work that's being done because it affects all of them. He tells them what to do because they know what is coming. The greatest example we will see is Ishkar and David. But not only Ishikar and David, but also the blessing of the end times. We'll see this. In Genesis 49, 14 to 15, the Lord says, Ishikar, or this is what Jacob is saying, that the Lord was, the Spirit was giving him to speak. It said, Ishikar is a strong donkey. A donkey, as I've explained to you, is symbolic of the carrier of the word. He's carrying his people by the way of the word, and he's paying attention to what's in front of him. Remember that the donkey saw the Lord. You have to see that the Lord gave the donkey sight to understand what was in front of him. Even when Balaam could not see it. And then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam. But the donkey was alert. A carrier of the word understands the path he's going to go on. He pays attention to the past and to the future and knows the history. And even that donkey, when he's talking to Balaam, says, Have I ever done anything like this before to you? that would cause you to hit me like this? See, he's remembering the past, and he's telling him what is there. What's the future? Because he'd come to the completion of his, of his journey, he had to meet the Lord at that point, because the Lord had a word to speak to him. Now, Ishikar says he's lying down between two burdens. We only have two burdens. We have light and darkness. Jesus says in Matthew 11, 29 to 30, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. I am not arrogant in any way. He doesn't promote himself. He doesn't seek what's not his. He falls to complete the work. And he says, if you'll do this, you'll find rest for your souls. So many people are so troubled because they don't understand the way of the rest, the way of the seven spirits. And we're going to see that a gift was given to Jacob, I mean to Ishikar of rest, which is given to the people then. And it goes on here, he says in verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now please understand this, very important, because the word easy that's used here is the word uh, krestos. And the meaning of the word krestos is fit for use, good, virtuous. In other words, works of truth, good works. My, the Lord is saying here, my yoke. He puts us around the neck. He guides us to where the path we walk on is good works that produce fruit. It's useful. It's good for others. It produces useful. You know, I, I want to take a moment and say something here. You remember the yoke of oxen in the time of Elisha when Elijah came to him and he saw him 
plowing with 12 yoke of oxen with one plow. You know, this they had one man. It didn't say that he had helpers with him. He was one man plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. See, the difference is the Lord is going to give us, he's going to take over the world, and he's going to give us a piece of land. And my point I want to make to you is something very important. And I hope you can grasp this and think about it and meditate on it, and you'll understand what I mean. When when the Lord had Abram go somewhere, people came and people came and people came, and he gave to them bread and food and, and so forth continuously. Didn't charge. He was giving it to him because why? His land produced everything was needed for everybody that was sent to him. See, when God sends us somewhere, when, when this people are compelled and they finally come out and God sends us someplace, we ought to know that the land, the land wherever God sends us, is capable of providing all the food, all the fruit, everything that's necessary for our ability to grow in wisdom and understanding. We may have to beat the grain and bake the bread. The priests did it on Sabbath day. They made the bread for the following week because they ate that bread on the seventh day and they made that bread that day. And the Lord kept it all seven days and every day the light of the candle shone on that bread and the instruction and wisdom of the Lord for what they were to speak and receive the next week was given because see, Lord prepares the land ahead of time. Even though he's going to take the land away from the people and he's going to send us to land that land is going to be prepared with everything we need. It's our job to bring it forth. The land has everything in it, a hundredfold return, everything. It's all there when the Lord sends us to it. And you don't go greedily getting it because food is used. You know, you don't need food, really. Angels don't need it. And he says, we're going to be like angels. But they eat the food. See, the food is used for good works and stirring up love and good works between each other. What goes into the stomach and you have a belt of truth around it, that is going to be enough because truth, all things are made in truth. All works are done in truth. All things are in truth. Therefore, if we're wearing the belt of truth, you may eat, you may not eat, but you will have all you need. The belt of truth puts in our stomach what we need. It doesn't have to be eaten by our mouth. See, what goes into the mouth doesn't defile us. What goes into the stomach, does not, not the Lord prepare everything in the woman to have a child? He says everything that's in there is his. He makes it. He provides it. He places it there. We think we do it. We think it's we can grow these things and so on. You'll, you'll find in the time of the judgment of the Lord, these things will stop working. It's a terrible time to be pregnant in the way of the world. As the Lord tells us in Matthew 24 and Mark 13. But I don't want to go into that tonight. I want to talk about this land. The land is important because it's all there. It is how we work the land. See, people forget about the fact. You see Shiva, the, the god of Shiva, and they had the stomping on the ground and all these things for evil works. But you see, you see Elijah taking 24 oxen, 12 yoke of oxen. That's double. So you're seeing 24 oxen on one plow going around and doing the ground. You would think you can't, you know, wouldn't there be more useful use of that? But 24 is symbolic of the elders, of the double anointed government. And that's what Elisha was zealous. He was a patriot for his land, for his people. He wanted the fullness 
of the truth. He wanted the fullness of good to come forth. He wanted the fullness of knowledge and wisdom of what's to come. We need to understand these things. This was stirring this up in the land and the food they ate, the bread and stuff that came from that land feeds them knowledge and grows day by day. Because God turns all things for good if we will let them. If we will believe and have faith and understand the way of the Lord. You know, in the world, they've proven now that one of the problems we have is they've destroyed the animals. They, they restricted people. If you let the land go back to where it is without working it with animals, let the animals stir it up, it'll become a desert land. That's why we have so much desert in the world today because the, the devil has got the people doing this because he knows if we stir up the land, it's going to produce. And remember something. When the people at the Tower of Babel they were told to go and disperse around the world by the lands that God had given them and the languages they were to speak. But they decided not to do that, and they gathered together, and they started using the words to stir up and bring forth everything that they needed was in that land. And the Lord said nothing would have been restricted from them if we if we'd allowed them to do it. But he came and confused their minds because they were treating what was holy to go against what God's plan was. And see, in the beginning, when God made the people in Genesis 1, and the, on the seventh day, what did he do? He's, he, what he did was he said, these are the generations of man. So he'd given them land, he'd given them places to be, he'd given them the times and all that they're to come forth in, and they were destroying the plan of God, which is against the law. Because they were defeating God's word that cannot be changed. And so God came and struck them confused them and dispersed them around the earth. That's why we have some races. And it tells you very clearly, you touch the lips. That's when the races came in. It was by their choice because they didn't want to be blessed and God made a mark on them. So he confused them. And the, the races, symbolic of the confusing of the people. And he took away the right of them to call upon his words. And that's why they lost it at that time. And they had to get it back again. Okay, we, we, I just wanted to tell you this. And one of the, the problems with this is if you see what the mystery is there, is they had decided this piece of land, they were going to be able to live there and they didn't have to go anywhere else in the world. And God said nothing would have been restricted from them. That's teaching us, if we will pay attention, they were breaking the law, but they were working within the confines of the law till the Lord stopped them from being evil with what he was doing but in what they were doing they were teaching us that if we have a piece of land that god gave us and we're walking in the will and humbleness before the lord which is what he's saying here my yoke upon you take my yoke upon you in other words learn from me i am gentle and i am lowly in heart john fifteen seven says we walk in his ways and if we abide in his words then what we desire be done for us. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He says, it will give you rest. He says, come to me, all you labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In other words, I will tell you how to do this in the way of the knowledge of God, in the way of the fullness of the seven spirits of God, so that it is a blessed land. It'll produce more than enough and exactly what you need, including everything that's needed for those that come to you that God sends to you. Now, you cannot help those under punishment than when God tells them to go away and puts them in a certain place. You know, it's tragic. You see the tribe of Dan, and they're not of the, 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 the 12,000 here. But look at what happened to them. They went from where they were supposed to be 
up to the northwest. See, when we go away from where we're supposed to be, we lose the blessings. When God gives us a work to do, and we go to do another work that we think we deserve, we lose the blessing. That's what happened with the people of Tower of Babel. So I hope you get that understanding. The basic concept of it is if God gives us the land, there's no shortage. It will come forth. It's a matter of us growing in wisdom and understanding on how to bring it forth. And I give you the example of Elisha. And Elisha was stirring up the land because when we do the hoofbeats in the way, and he used the 24 sets of oxen, it produced abundantly in that field. And, you know, it's like Isaac getting a hundredfold because they, they redug the wells of Abraham and so on that were anointed. There's many things about this. Anyway, he says, my yoke is easy. In other words, my yoke is good. It's to bring forth the good works of God to the glory of God. So when he gives you a piece of land, his yoke is that. That's his desire for you. Desires all men to come be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. He wants you to bring it forth. The thing is to search out the Lord and say, what do you want first, Lord? What are you going to bring to me? Who are you going to bring for me, you know, for me to teach or for me to give a blessing to or for me to do what? Let me know who these are and then show me the way to prepare everything for them. Because like an army is going to overcome the world, you, you, you see the enemy coming or you see the people coming beforehand and you prepare for them. Remember that God says he's going to give us land. He says because he's going to make us kings and priests before him. The king part is an owner of land. They always have dominion over something. So he's going to give them dominion over land, and he's going to give them ability to be a priest, which is to bring forth the word of God. So this is what this is. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's telling you, don't take on that second burden of darkness. See, when Ishikar is understanding the finality, he has to understand both sides. You have to understand the way of the world system right now. And you got to understand what God's plan is. You got to put those together. With that, you have the knowledge of light. You have to understand all things and you understand God's light and you understand why it's so much better and why we must turn to it and when it'll come. Okay, that should help us understand that a little bit. I've only got down to the first part of this. I said lying down between two burdens. Now, please understand that lying down, what do we do at night? What, did that, what does the Lord do at night? He pours out his instruction from heaven in the night and he seals it in the night within us. So he's saying he pours it out. And then it says he saw that rest was good, which means that he not only poured out the understanding and the wisdom, but then he began to understand the way of the seven spirits. That's rest. That's recalling all the works of the six spirits before it and the work of the seven spirit brings you to the knowledge of how to enable, excuse me, the good spirit to grow in spiritual ways, to grow in the good works, to grow in economy, to grow in prosperity, to grow in understanding, in wisdom, and how to get along and how to love others and love your families and love your spouses. That's what God has got for us in this. And it says here that he that the land was pleasant. I just explained to you why the land was pleasant. Because when they understand the way of the seven spirits, they understand how to bring forth the good things from the land to fulfill all the works that God is going to bring for you to do. And he bowed his shoulder to bear a burden. He wanted to bear the what? You know, the yoke. He put his yoke and he's like, okay, Lord, guide me. I'm going to follow your path and I'm going to bring forth the burden of light. I'm going to bring forth the knowledge of light. 
so that the people can understand the way to go. Remember it says in in, in um, Zephaniah 3.9 and right after it, Zephaniah 3.8 talks about the Lord returning to divide the people into his two kingdoms and his kingdoms, his kingdoms, his kingdom of light and kingdom of darkness. He's going to put the terrors and the complacent over here to be punished and he's going to put the elect that, called, that obeyed his voice to come out. He's going to put them over on the other side and he's going to bring forth on them great works until they're refined in the way so they've given good glory to God and they're going to shine like the firmament forever and the stars in some of them, as it says in Daniel 12, 2 to 3. So he's saying here, he bowed his shoulder to bear a burden and became a band of slaves. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus says he, he's a servant to his people and we are a servant to the Lord. We are a, a bonded slave to the Lord. Because all that we have, when we recognize this, we understand that all that we have is based upon him giving us good instruction so that we can bring forth these works. Because he tells us in Proverbs one twenty three that if we will turn to him, he will pour out his spirit upon us and cause us to know his words. And all things are made in his words, Psalm 33, 4. And his words are law, Psalms one nineteen one forty two. And he says that, you know, if you, a guy wants to uh, succeed in the Lord, Psalms 119.105 tells you the straight path is the way of light. His words are uh, a path to our, is light to our path. And he tells us in Psalms 119.130, the entrance of his words gives light and gives understanding to the simple, the ones that are lowly in the heart, the ones that are listening to the Lord and only want to do his will, not their own. Okay, he became a band of slaves. That's a wonderful prophecy. And then let's go on and jump over to where Moses talks. Moses says in Deuteronomy 33, 18 to 19, and of Zebulon, he says, rejoice, Zebulon, and you're going out. Now, I'm saying this because he did this for a very important purpose, Moses did. He says, and Ishakar in your tents. See, he's saying in your tents, you're not going out. You know, you know what's, what's truly marvelous and wonderful about this is told to us in Revelation 3, where it tells us in there, he says, he, this is the, the faithful church, this is the, the sixth church, and they're the ones that know the work of the brotherhood. Philadelphia, the love of a brother. These are the ones that you don't love God unless you love, unless you keep his words, he says in John 14, 23 to 24. He tells, and, and Paul tells us that in this day, Hebrews 10, 24 to 31, we are to gather together and stir up love and good works for one another. This is the faithful church. Good works are God's enabling God's promises that are enabled by his words that are set apart for the holy set apart for the elect that set themselves apart from the world because the ones of the world cannot get the spirit of truth in them, John fourteen fifteen to 17, and those of the world that haven't been set apart into his kingdom by the way of the words, which is the way we do it in John seventeen seventeen and John 2, 12 to 20, these have the right to call upon his words because the ones of the world cannot utter his words, Second Corinthians 12, 1 to 4. If we will set ourselves apart with the Lord, he's going to enable us to see this. We see in here a wonderful thing. Remember what he says here, Ishikar, in your tents. See, in the tents. Remember, this was the time when they were still in the tents. There was no temple. There was no tabernacle. 
And the people would come to Ishakar and them to learn knowledge. But in the Lord in this day, because we are going to have a temple, here's what he says in verse 12 of Revelation 3. He says, Behold, I am coming quickly. Um, it's verse 11. Hold fast what you have and let no one take your crown. And then he says in verse 12, He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and in the, and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. A triple blessing. See, the name of my God. That means the greater works of promises that God prepared from the beginning of the beginning of the time. God is going to, the Lord says he's going to make those known to you. He's going to make this known to you. And the name of my God, only God knows the things that are going to come in the future. It hasn't even dawned on man yet. But what he's talking about is that is the work of God. And he's going to begin to open that knowledge to these people of Ishakar who set themselves apart like this. Who recognize this burden. Recognize the difference between the two burdens, between the kingdom of light and kingdom of darkness, and knows the time of when to come out and what his people should do. And he says here, I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. This is the way of the people. That's what he's saying here. He's saying that they understand what the people should do. There is a scripture that you'll see this. It's in First Chronicles twelve thirty-two. And it's talking about David when he was at Hebron. And it's saying here, of the sons of Ishakar, men who understood the times with the, and, and with the knowledge of what Israel should do. The chiefs were 200 and all their kinsmen were at their command. So they appointed 200 people over top of themselves. And, you know, why is that important, you say? Well, we should understand these numbers have meanings. I've tried to explain. God is a God of numbers. He testifies it by the seven spirits, the seven candles, all these things. But the number 200 is the number of the bone, the stone, the rock, the end, the watchman, and the number. Also the wing, and also humble, and also the congregation, and comfort, and flourish, an image. See, image is the law of God. We are made in his image, which means we understand him. And that's what this number 200, they appointed 200 heads of the tribe. Isn't that something? It was, it was interesting because it says, uh, in the verse right before that said, of the half tribe of Manasseh, 18,000 were designated by name, by work, by their name, to come and make David the king. And I love the the next one after the verse 32 and 33, it says of Zebulun, it says there were 50,000. This is the Jubilee <laughs> times 1,000 who went out in the army and who could draw up in battle formation with all kinds of weapons of war and help David with an undivided heart. See, God took them. Remember the people in those days, they were looking for themselves. They were They had followed Saul. Saul, King Saul. And they were more interested in their own welfare and prosperity. But these guys had a circumcised heart. 
They were doing it for the, they're patriotic. Ishikar is a patriotic person. They care about what happens to God's people. They're patriots. Not for the nations because God is telling us these nations are going to fall because the nations follow the harlot. We should be zealous to fulfill John, Daniel 9.24, which says, appoint the most high. This is that time when that's the anoint the most high because he is given authority and dominion by God since 2003 to rule over the world. And we have not accepted him. We've went and voted in these elections and well, we're excited about Donald Trump, but we don't look in the fact that in his own apartment, he's got all these pagan gods everywhere. Now, he can come out and repent for that and get rid of that destruction and all that stuff. It's evil. But look at our Capitol building. Look at our cities of New York. And, and he put a person named Giuliani as a senior person. And this man was in charge of the city of New York at 9-11. And if anybody that has any relationship to the system knows, that was a planned event that both the Mossad and also Knights of Templar, all these people were involved with with the Bush family and Soros and Buffett. You know, how it goes on and on. I'm not going to get into it. That's not the king you want. We must come out of this because the war is on us. It's coming, the destruction, the civil war they're creating. You can see it. They're busting in the rioters. They're doing all these things. Get ready. You're not ready if you haven't got the words because you will not be set aside and protected by God because he tells us in John 5, 24, if you will hear the words of the voice of the Lord, if you will hear the voice of the Lord, because he speaks only the words of God and in the way of the words of God, and if you believe on the promises of God, you will pass through these judgments and have eternal life. So we need that. But see, there's weapons of war. What are the weapons of war? It's knowing how to utilize the words of God. In this day, we don't even have to strike the rock. We can call upon things by our voice, by our words. Do not curse Please do not curse. You don't know what you're doing when you're cursing. You might think you do, but you do not do that this way. What you do it is way of righteousness. He says completely over and over again, he's coming in the way of righteousness. And we are to walk in his way and abide in his words and we'll overcome. We'll get the desire of our heart. That's how you overcome at this time. You don't need armies. You don't need guns. You don't need, uh, you know, bullets or anything like this. And certainly, you, you don't want land that you bought on your own. You want to go where God is going to tell you to go because that place, that land is going to bring forth food. And it's going to be pure food and it's going to be good for us. It may only be potatoes. It may only be whatever because like they only had the manna back then. But whatever it is, eat it. Because what God is going to do, he's going to use that to bring forth knowledge and understanding. And he's going to test you to see if you have faith. And know the good stuff is coming rapidly because God is going to rapidly bring forth what is necessary to give glory to the Father because that's the purpose of this time. These next four years right now that we're in is to bring forth the knowledge of truth. The root of truth is four, the number four, and we're already into this beginning of these four years. Okay, so he tells them that, Ishkar in, in their tents. Now he says, they shall call the peoples to the mountain. There they shall offer sacrifices of righteousness. God is saying the mountain that God is calling us to is the firmament. We're going to shine like the firmament at this time. At the top of the firmament, in the, in the capstone at the very top right now, is sitting the, the, the throne of God. And God is saying, listen to him, because he's going to rule over the world at this time. 
And he's going to remove all these, uh, the beast kingdoms. They're not going to have dominion. Daniel 7, 11 and 12. And he's going to rule. And he's calling the people to listen to him because God is going to speak to every person individually. He's, this is just like Mount Sinai was a picture of this to come right now. And this is where God is going to speak to each one of our hearts. And don't ask him to teach somebody else to you. You know, you're going to gather together and stir up love and work, good works. You're going to grow. But God every day is going to teach you. He's going to teach in your heart just like he, it's like the Garden of Eden, the likeness of the Garden of Eden. What? In the cool of the day, the Lord walked with him. Well, the cool of the Lord of the day at this time, God is going to teach his people. Because he says he's going to make them know his words. So he'll do it from heaven. Look up to the mountain and offer sacrifices of righteousness. Righteousness is the good works. And that's how you put the fine linen on, Revelation 19, 1 to 10. And when you get the fine linen on, you will start to glow. You'll start to shine like Moses as you start doing these. It don't come in a, in a download. It's going to come after the third year, likely. Because you've got to get to setting yourself apart. You've got to grow in the words of wisdom. And you've got to grow in understanding. And then you've got the counsel of God knowing what the works to do. When you have that, then you're going to start shining. Follow the Lord and know that's going to be your end. Because Daniel 12, 2 and 3 says it is going to be your end. If you will be obeyed by him. I was telling you about Daniel, um, excuse me, Zephaniah 3, 8 and 9. It tells you there uh, when you talk about the shoulder as I mentioned earlier, it tells you there that everybody's going to walk in one shoulder, one way. The one way is this way. They're going to offer sacrifices of righteousness in the world by doing good for each other because God is going to provide everything they need if they will listen. They will do some little bit of work, you know, the grinding of the food and so forth. But this is going to be done. And and sometimes it's not even like that. You're going to take a, um, like like a lady, Carol's had this wonderful vision where she had this thing of flour and she started making breads. And all of a sudden there's lots and lots of breads being made and all kinds of different beautiful breads. She looks down and kind of amazed. She made those. But see, this is God. You're making bread of instruction for each individual person. God has a, a bread for them. God has something for a family or he has something and it's different. God is going to give them works to do. And that instructions for that. Bread is a bread of instruction. They shall partake of the abundance of the seas and of the treasures hidden in the sand. The sand is like the dust of the earth. See, God is going to cause these people to pay back double. The, the treasures in the sea is also the fish, the words that we had before. We're now going to get, bring that forward. And now we're going to understand that these words that we'd heard in verses and so on make sense. And now we can understand how to use them for good works. So that's that's the greatness of the tribe of Ishikar. And I, I have a little bit of a testimony in this because it was very interesting to me. Back in the late 90s, when the, the Lord, they, they were dividing the people up in the churches we were going to. And, and they divide them into tribes and they put us in the Ishikar tribe. I didn't know who Ishikar was at the time. I hadn't really studied the 12 tribes. I'd read about them. I didn't pay attention, didn't focus upon them and what their work is and so on. I was working with some of the highest people in the world over the next several years, people running the dark side, people running the global genocide program, reporting directly to Rothschild, people running the Knights of Templar, the people who 
were surely involved in destroying the Twin Towers and so on. They worked with the Bush family, and Bush sent us meetings and stuff, and I even sent emails from one of these Knights of Templar sons to the White House, to Condi Rice and others for him. So this is, you know, I was learning the way of the world, the Buffets and now Mansoor, the person that trained Obama, got him into Harvard and so on. These are all done. I had a, a congressman, Henry B. Gonzalez, who's now passed away, but he told me to follow what this man says. He knows what he's doing. He's talking about Mansoor, who put Obama in office, and he's he's putting people in the companies like he was he was one that brought uh steve joe back to apple with buffett and uh gates microsoft and so on this guy's he's the one that brought the black brotherhood together and all these things he's working to bring on this massive riot this massive civil war and the technologies and the things to use to bring that forth these are the things they're doing they they make it look like they're doing good things for the economy but no they're not they're working to bring forth this evil stuff. Anyway, um, my point about this is, Lord, let me work, continue working on that. I, I, was, I put myself in there, but what I'm saying is God turned that for good. He brought me out of that. But he let me see the dark side. And then he also, at that same time, when he did, pointed me to the Ishikar tribe, or just he had to have caused that to be arranged, but before we went to the first meeting, he gave me this vision. And this was the, the terrible vision of the, the, the dogs coming. And, and they were big. They were Gentile dogs. And they were coming. And, and it was the, the future. And I, I had to pick them up with my left hand, the right ear, and then slice them in half with the sword. Because the Lord says he's going to divide us. We're going to be judged by the word of God. And the, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. It's the word of God, because the spirit is in, in full measure of God's God's spirit is in full measure in each one of his words, his set apart words. John three thirty four. So you put me in that tribe and, and it's kind of come true if you look at it, because God has shown me things that nobody has, has known. I mean, they didn't know about the gap time, the, the time where the Lord's going to reign over the earth for seven years prior to and the, 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 ten, uh, the beast kingdom's of the Antichrist and uh, the ten kings and the Antichrist reigning together also. And I've, I've shown the clock that, that, you know, a time of times and a half time is, is uh, 24 and a half years. I've shown that from the scriptures. I've shown Daniel 7, 11 and 12. The Lord has allowed me to do all these. I've drawn out the creation design, you know, so he's shown me the old and he's shown me the new and he showed me the revelation to come, which is like Ishikar. And he's shown me what the people must do to overcome the world. I'm explaining it to them. The words is what you must get. By the words, you overcome the world. By the words, you, because remember, if you reject his words, he says, I'm going to forget you in front of my father. So if you trample upon these words of God, no matter if you were a prophet, no matter if you were, were somebody who cast out demons and the money works in his name, they're going to be shocked. Matthew 7, 21 to 23. I'm not boasting in this. This is just what happened. God did this, not me. He told me at the age of 12, he sent a prophecy to me. A preacher came and was his wife had never prophesied. And I didn't even know what a prophecy was. I was 12 years old. And, and he said to me that, you know, God has given you something for all the people in the world at the end times. And God used me to make known these words. 
and how to understand them and what they do and so on. And not only that, by that he's opened the scriptures because like it says in that wonderful scripture of um, the Lord in Revelation 3 when he's talking about the church of brotherly love, verse 10 is amazing because he says there'd be, um, is it verse 10? I think it is. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, verse 7. It says, and he, and to the angel in the, of the church in Philadelphia, which means love of a brother, right? These things says he who is holy and he who is true. See, you cannot be holy if you don't have what's holy in you. God's words are holy. They're filled with the full measure of the Holy Spirit. That's how you become holy. He says he wants all people to come, uh, be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. You grow until you become holy. Holy is when you get the words in you. And you still got to be corrected and brought out of all of our sins. It's not overnight. It's something you learn and you grow into. And he says, I'll pour out my spirit upon you and I will cause you to know my words. It's not like, well, one night you're going to know all these words. No, you're going to grow into this knowledge until you become refined like Moses and so on. And he says, this is he. He says, he was truly, who, who, he, he was holy. He was true. He who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. But like I told you, go back to what's recorded about David. And David had of the sons of Ishkar, men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. David listened to Ishkar. David was led. He used the people that he understood what these men were saying is of God. Consider the fact when, when, when the tribes didn't want to accept Ishikar, I mean, accept David when he was, when Saul died. It was the Ishikar tribe that came and all of them all united behind um, David. Why? They knew God's will. They knew that word that was spoken and it was going to happen and they believed in the word 100%. And they brought David forward. See, God's kingdom, he's going to use an Ishikar attitude to bring forth this thing. That's what he's doing at this time. I pray that tonight this has been a blessing to you and that you'll be able to meditate on this and really understand the scriptures. I hope you listen to it a couple different times so that you really grasp the greatness of what God is promising you through this. To, and what we can do and so forth and understand. And all these tribes are so important for us. They all have a great work to do. All right, I thank you and may God bless you. And Lord, we ask you just please pour out your spirit upon these people and stir them up to understand your words, your voice, and the promises of your Father who is our God. And dear Lord, let us walk in your image. Let us understand the greatness of this blessing that you said, dear Lord, that you will not cause them to go out, but you will give them the understanding of all these things. And Lord, you wouldn't want them to go out because, dear Lord, you're giving them the greatest knowledge. Things that the people can't even know today are going to be known then. How marvelous that is. Lord, is beyond our, our, just if we could comprehend that, Lord, the, the greatness of the value of these words to stagger the mind. And the people who are zealous to get this, dear Lord, we pray that you'll continue, Lord, to use them for your greatness and your goodness and your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray this because you are so holy and so humble and, and, and so loving to us and gracious and merciful. We don't deserve any of this. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.